This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Have you ever experienced any of the following things when it comes to putting your pet business out there? Imposter syndrome, where you believe you can be found out and that you are not actually the expert or the pet professional that you really are. Have you ever had limiting beliefs where you have a certain belief about something that holds you back? Do you ever worry about putting yourself and your business out there for fear of criticism or for fear of being taken down by somebody else? And do you ever struggle with self-doubt where you struggle to believe in yourself and what you do? If the answer is yes to any of the following things, then this podcast episode is going to be really, really helpful for you. I'm talking to Osman Sharif, who is a mindset and performance coach, and he's going to talk to you about how to get out of your way and put your pet business out there. We talk about so many different things when it comes to those horrible niggling doubts that we have about ourselves, what to do when you feel overwhelmed or tired or just a little bit low, how to pick yourself up from setbacks, how to stop comparing yourself to other people, how not to feel inadequate, so, so much stuff. So I do hope it helps you overcome any fear that you might have around putting yourself out there and your pet business and that you enjoy this episode. If you do, then do let me know. You can leave me a review on wherever you listen to your podcast or head to my Facebook group, which is Publicity Tips for Pet Businesses. And I look forward to hearing what you think of this episode. So now on to the main part of the show. So today on the podcast, I'm really excited to be joined by Osman Sharif, who is a mindset and performance coach. And I've worked with Osman myself, and he's helped me get over quite a few mindset issues I've had of my own. And I have been looking at lots of things that have been happening in my free Facebook group um, and picked up on a lot of things that I know Osman will be able to really help with. So really excited about this episode. Osman, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. That's my pleasure, Rachel. Cannot wait to have this conversation with you. And it's been great to see a lot of the mindset shifts that you've made happen over the, the last year or so since I've known you too. Fantastic. No, it really has. And I'm so, so grateful for your support. So thank you. So first of all, can you just tell us a little bit about you um, and explain to listeners what it is that you do? Absolutely. So I left the corporate world about 14 years ago. I loved the corporate world quite bizarrely because I know some people look at having that big escape dream. But for me, I absolutely fell in love with a toolkit called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, because effectively it helps you to get out your way. It helps you to change your beliefs change how we operate basically and um, since then I have been working with business owners particularly those that have had a successful career before and how do we now help them to get out their way and um, overcome the obstacles that typically arise when they're growing their own business so that's what I get to do day in and day out you can think about me as being a business coach but with a big emphasis on the mindset part, the who are you as an individual, because that effectively is what can make or break or grow your business or make it stagnant in many situations. Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you so much for, sorry, I've just got my paper, pen and paper ready, because I know there'll be lots of wisdom shared now. Um, thanks so much for, for explaining how it is that you work. And I know, obviously, we've chatted quite a lot over the past year or so. Um, one of the things that I have um, with my kind of 
my listeners and my community, one of the hurdles that I see quite a lot is this fear about putting themselves out there. And obviously, as you know, my background is journalism. I help people get publicity and I help people create um, great content on their own platforms, which will help them be found by their ideal client. And when you have the the barrier when it comes to putting yourself out there, that can be really, really hard, particularly with publicity stuff. Um, so I just wanted to kind of explain a little bit about my audience and the kind of things that they encounter. Um, I would say the biggest thing that I see from people is they they want to they want more people to know about what they do. They want to raise awareness of the brilliant things that they're doing, helping the animals, whether uh, they might have a product that really helps animals or they might provide a brilliant service that helps animals have a better relationship with their owners, be more confident, all these amazing things. But they have these 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 beliefs where they worry that they might not be an expert might not be enough of an expert or they might not know enough or they worry about what people might think and that will get in their way so I would love to know your thoughts on this so let's pretend you know let's let's kind of think about think about somebody who who has got this awesome thing that they do but they don't want to put themselves out there and it's this is really getting in the way so what would your what would your advice be to them love that question and there's so many different ways to be able to kind of explore that because I think a lot of people and your audience I'm sure is very similar to the many clients I work with they're passionate about what they do they've Mm -hmm. made that decision about hey I want to grow my own business and and often it's because they're trying to do something yes it can help them as a business owner but most people that I work with and Rachel you tell me about your audience it's because they, they, they're not just doing their business for the sake of it. There's a passion, there's an element they want to help, whether that's the, the owners or whoever their customers or ideal customers might be, or the pets. And I think if we actually remind ourselves about, well, why are we doing what we're doing? And actually put the emphasis on the people that we can help, that often, from my experience, can help us to stop being... Stop being so selfish about worrying about us and, oh, how will I be and how will people think about me? Instead, it gives you that chance to flip it in terms of, well, do you know, how can I be helping other people? And actually, no one's going to be able to be able to get my help if they don't know that I exist. So I know it sounds a bit kind of in your face there, but I'm always challenging individuals to go, well, why are you doing this in the first place? You know, the majority of business owners, they're not forced to do it. So they've decided to do it. And then it's a case of going, well, how do we help you to basically make make life easier for yourself? And a big part that I would say, like I've just mentioned is, take the focus and don't put it on you, but actually shine at the opposite way and go, okay, if I was to get more exposure, if I was to put myself out there more, how could that help other people? And that can often, for me and a lot of clients I've shared that with, it just puts the pressure off slightly because it's about, ah, okay, well, that's why I'm here doing what I'm doing as well. What's your thoughts on that, Rachel? Oh my gosh, I completely agree. So I've been scribbling furiously while you were talking then. Um, And I was thinking, when I go and do um, guests, talks in Facebook groups and like membership communities and that kind of thing one of the examples that I use is we've got um, you know we've got two it's a dog trainer example we've got two dog owners so there's me with my old dog Daisy who was really badly behaved and I went to see a trainer and he wasn't force free he wasn't very progressive he didn't use all the ethical um, all of the ethical things that the dog trainers nowadays use that was like 10 years ago and I went for this one session and I was like, oh, I can't do this. I can't do, I can't not let Daisy sit on the sofa and I can't, you know, be really strict with her. I yeah. can't do what he's telling me to do. So I stopped the training. And then fast forward like eight years, however long it was, 
I got patched and we went to see a really brilliant trainer called Sue and she's uses all these force-free methods. It's all about yeah. positive reinforcement. Had this really great experience. So Patch now, you know, he's really well trained. You see him on all of his holidays because you see him on social media with yeah. me, don't you? And he has this great life. So I use that example because I think, well, what if I didn't know about Sue? What if I thought that all dog trainers were going to be, were going to make me treat my dog like, you know, be like the pack leader and be really dominant and be awful to him. If I'd not known about Sue, Patch would have had a completely different life. So that's the kind of story that I tell. Yeah, totally. And I love that because effectively it's it's about the impact that that's actually made on Patch and it's made on yeah. you. Does that make sense? And I think that's where a lot of times we can end up driving ourselves crazy because if we're in our mind, it could be like, oh, but what if so-and-so don't think I'm good enough or I'm not experienced enough or whatever, all those stories that go through our mind. Basically, they're just stories, right? They're yeah. make-believe. We are often saying these things to ourselves. And the other thing I'd often say to my clients is, especially for those that have got some experience before. So, you know, whether they've got corporate experience or any job or life experience, and even just thinking about, well, you don't know what you don't know, right? And that I'm sure you've encountered all throughout your career and your life. You know, when you first started your first job, I'm sure you didn't know how to do many things. But then what happens, you get confident, you then do it, and then you get to do it with your you know, eyes closed often, right? So, but there's a bizarre thing that seems to happen a lot with business owners, especially if they have come from a traditional or a corporate career before is they sometimes expect them to know or that they should know everything and they should be super confident right from day one or even in the early days. And I'm always about, well, give yourself that that space, that energy to go, well, you know, you are learning and it is a iterative process. And, and when we have that mindset, it's like a growth mindset perspective. It again puts the pressure off thinking you have to be perfect or you have to be, you know, born with all the expertise because you're not right. And it just gives you that chance to go, well, what do I need to know? How can I be learning and still put myself out there? Because I'm sure you'll look back at what you've done. So how many years now, Rachel, have you been in business for? So it's actually 15 years. Okay, right. <laughs> Perfect. And I'm guarantee you, you'll probably agree with me here. Have you ever, if you were to look back at some things that you did like 15 years ago, does it make you cringe now? Thinking, if I look, if I look at things I did like two months ago, it makes yeah, okay. me cringe now. So yeah, definitely. Perfect. But that's a great example, right? Because if you don't, then that kind of can indicate, well, maybe you just are waiting for that perfect moment. Do you know what I mean? And you'll actually never then really deliver or get things out there or put yourself out there. But it's all about action. Like I look back at my first ever website, you know, and I look and I go, seriously, did that actually go out into the public? But then when I remind myself, well, that website led me to actually get my first few clients. That led me to have the wheels in motion to then allow me to refine my message, to, to be on this journey, to then create that next version of the website. And I'm just using that as an example here, right? But so many people just wait until they get to that perfect moment. And that actually gets in their way rather than going, do you know, I, I don't care if it's not perfect when I'm putting myself out here, but actually it's, be, it's better to do that than actually wait for two, three, five years or never to get it perfect and actually waste all that time and energy and opportunities as well. 
Definitely. I know we did, we were um, on a panel at an event last year, weren't we? And yeah. one of the things I was talking about was about starting before you're ready. And yeah. I was so not ready to do that, <laughs> but I just did it anyway. And it's it's hard, isn't it? And I'm going to be honest now and say, um, for many years, I, I wanted to work with small businesses. I was still doing, I still am in journalism, but for many years, I wanted to work with small businesses. I remember my website guy, yeah. Malcolm, he kept telling me, look, you've got to write blogs about how to, you know, how to write a press release or how yeah. to get your small business in the paper. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. No way. Like people take the mickey out of me. People think, who does Rachel think she is writing yeah. this and trying to be an expert on this thing. And I didn't do it for like four years or something. It was ridiculous. I was totally in my own way. And it was only when I worked with Janet and she basically shoved me and made me do it that I actually kind of felt comfortable with doing that. So I can totally relate to when other people are going through it because it wasn't that long ago that I was doing it myself. I love that now, honesty. It's, yeah, it's, it feels weird, doesn't it? Because now I don't bloody shut up. But <laughs> yeah, you know, five years ago, I had somebody saying, Rachel, you've got to do this. And I was like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. But what I heard you say, and again, um, expand on it if I've got this wrong, but often we can worry about what will people think, right? But they're actually not our customers or potential customers that we worry about. It's often the, what will our friends think about it? Or what will other peers or collaborators or, or competitors actually worry about it? And, and that actually can stop us in many ways because I've seen so many people that end up creating content, right? But they're actually forgetting who that content's for they're actually trying to still be you know smart or be that expert in case some of their peers see that content right and therefore they use jargons or jargon or words etc that actually their customers still won't recognize or kind of connect with so I think you know what I'm trying to say here is if you actually then go well who's this for you're not writing that blog post for your sister your high school boyfriend or girlfriend if they need who cares does that make sense right it's actually for the person that you potentially could add value to their life their pet's life and that's if you keep them in mind the rest of the people they don't actually matter at the end of the day and who are you trying to help more do you mean those people that actually were never buy what you've got but might go oh yeah look what rachel's doing etc or the people that go i can't believe I didn't come across you earlier and thankfully I found you because you can really help me oh my gosh definitely it's this is a conversation that we've had quite a lot recently about creating that content and when people have a have a bit of a go at you like yeah. one of my clients she's a dog trainer and she said um she put a blog post out and it was for you know puppy training and another dog trainer said oh you, you sound so unprofessional this is really basic advice and I was like but it's not for you you're yeah. a dog trainer you don't need to know it's for a, a puppy owner who does not have a clue so it needs to be basic. It needs to be really simple, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. And I think I, I would just also encourage, and you know, again, this is what I do to myself and also my clients is think about yourself as being a consumer, right? When mm -hmm. you buy things, when you're accessing resources, courses, blogs, products, okay? And I mean this from a real, actually, it's something that's going to really help you. What do you need? What's that thing that makes you go, oh, this person's talking my language, do you know what I mean? And that's what you want to have in your mind when you're thinking about your ideal clients. And often it is, they've just explained it in a really simple way, or yeah. they really get me, for example. And that's where, if we can overcomplicate things, if we forget some of those messages. So, you know, keeping that at the forefront can really help us to get out our way, really. 
Mm-hmm. And I think as well, as you were just saying, you know, speaking speaking your client's language, like we, I've met you when um, you came and did a session with Janet Murray and then joined your email list and then yeah. listened to the podcast. And you said along the way, you said so many things that I knew were like, oh my gosh, he's talking about me. And as soon as it got to the point, like when you put an offer out, I was literally, I think I literally got the email and sent a message straight away and said, I need to do this. I need to do this. What yeah. do I do? Um, and yeah, you want people, you want to have that connection, don't you? Where people feel understood and heard as well. Yeah, totally. And I think there's one thing, and, and I know we, we Instagram messaged about this as well, because you're reading this book. But one thing that I think is important to recognize, also going back to putting yourself out there is, who are you trying to be? So one great book, um, Donald Miller has written it, Building a Story Brand. And just one thing I'd love to share, just to emphasize is, it's the difference between trying to be like the hero of you know, your customer's story or their journey versus being like a guide. And the reason why I bring this up is that a lot of times when people are scared of putting themselves out there is because they're trying to be the hero, in all honesty. They're thinking, right, okay, I need to be the person that knows everything, that I've got that expertise, that, you know, I've got all this years of experience, right? But actually, you might not, especially if it's quite early days in your business. But if you actually give yourself permission to say, do you know something? my potential customers don't even need me to be the hero of their journey, right? All they need is they need to actually have me being the guide, the guide that can bring my experience, that can bring my different perspective, or maybe even just the way that I communicate something that actually will save them from banging their head against that brick wall or from you know having that confidence to go, their situation can change in some way. That's actually what they're looking for. They're looking for more of a, you know, you to be their guide rather than actually being their hero. And when, you know, it's a small shift in words around it, but that then can completely change the way that you put yourself out there. You know, you can allow yourself to be more relatable. It doesn't have to be, you know, the story or the show all about you. It could be, well, shine the light on your customers or examples of what you've done. And and again, for me, that reminder, it just makes it a lot easier because I can go, that's what I'm just trying to do. You know, whether this podcast episode is like a, oh, thank you. Um, I went on that walk and I I had to hear that. There was a perfect moment. That's the thing. It's like, you're just on that guided walk with that person. And that could be in whatever content that you put out there. It's really interesting that you say that because one of the one of when I, I put a post in my in my Facebook group and said speaking to you and these are the kind of things that you work with people on and you know does anyone have any anything anything you know you'd like me to chat about yeah. and one of my clients Katie who is called she's called Katie Gwill and she's the cat lady she's amazing she had a corporate career and then she retrained she had the health problems and she retrained and she's now a cat groomer and behaviorist yeah so it's all fairly new her business is new but she's so knowledgeable and she's brilliant she goes and works with like the local rescue she's just such a great great girl and she's been a cat lover for years yeah and and she was saying that she worries a little bit about the fact that she doesn't have loads of experience she has she is quite new um and you know what you know who is she to ask for you know to charge whatever price or who is she to kind of say things and you know talk about her knowledge but we all have to start somewhere don't we we were were all new at one point so Totally. And one to thing, your yeah, one thing I'd want, if you've listened to this and anybody that's in that similar situation is, I also just want you to remember that just because you've started your business, right? And what I heard you say is that she had a, a successful career before, 
bring that to your 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 front of your mind. Does that make sense? Because actually, your experience that you've had, even if it's in a completely unrelated field, okay, or you know whatever your professional life was before, you would have had so many skills that you learned, you know, communication skills, you know, maybe negotiation, depends on what it is. Like I was a HR manager before. I was a, a leadership development manager, a project manager. And at times I would forget in terms of, you know, that past experience because it, I couldn't see how it connected really to what I do on a day-to-day basis. But actually when you think about it, you can hold on, you can have tough, tough conversations with man. You can make decisions. You can communicate with people. These are the things that actually give you experience which is valuable and that's why you can charge what you're worth and what you know even if you are quite early days does that make sense Rachel I just see I see so many people and it's one of my bugbears that I want to kind of like give everybody a shake to go don't forget all that other experience that you've got because actually that will help you in so many ways when it comes to growing your business whether it's discipline getting things done as I say helping get results that actually you can use it, lean into it in your business as well. So it's not like starting from scratch often. It's more about, hey, this is just that next chapter of it as well. And that's that's just a different kind of mindset. And it helps often just go, ah, oh, okay, I have got things that I can share. I have got value that actually, you know, it doesn't matter how many years I've got of this particular skill. Actually, it's the whole package that really makes a difference. Mm-hmm. No, it's really, that's really good advice. And when you were talking about the guide, like the hero in the guide, Katie, the girl who, who I just mentioned, and she does it really, she does the whole guide thing really well. So she'll right. talk about, she'll use like a case study of a cat that she's worked with, yeah. and had, you know, emotional issues or they've been abandoned or whatever it is that they've been through. And she does do the guide where the cat is the hero of the story, but she's telling, you know, she's explaining how it, yeah. how she guided them through this journey where they went from, you know, being in a terrible way to being, you know, being healthy and happy. So she does it really well. Yeah, and that's great to hear because it just, I also encourage us all to think about, I could talk about this for hours and hours, right? But also going back to the topic about like, how do you put yourself out there, right? I also do think it's important to recognize, well, what is your personality? what actually feels right for you okay because that then allows you to think oh well there's many different ways that you could put yourself out there sometimes actually it is because you're shining the spotlight on other people i.e you're making them the hero and you're the guide other times actually it could be that you are collaborating with other people that might link more towards your personality i use a tool called wealth dynamics with all my clients and the reason why i use that is because it can often allow us to stop doing the things that are the hardest route for us to get things happening and instead going, what could be the easiest way for me to make things happen? And that can totally apply also to how you put yourself out there, the the, the platforms that you use, the approaches or the strategies that you use, because you get to lean into what I call your entrepreneurial superpower. So I'm just sharing that, Rachel, because, you know, You'll, I'm sure you'll have listeners and people in your, your community that are all different. And they might look at one person going, oh, well, I should do it the way that Rachel's doing or I should do it the way that Katie's doing or, or whoever. But that can sometimes rob you from actually really realizing, but what's the best way for, for me? Okay, how can I lean into that more? You'll enjoy it a lot more. It'll feel more authentic. And actually, we all have different strategies and there's different games to play even when we are putting ourselves out there yeah 
definitely I was just when you were talking then I was just thinking about like I really don't like doing video so yeah. but I love doing the podcast um and if someone had told me to do a podcast two years ago I would not have believed it because yeah. I didn't think I'd be confident enough chatting live to people even though I've done it for years as a journalist but you just get into the flow don't you so exactly and that again just from what you said it gives you that chance to go well you know, you're building on the experience that you had from your previous career, right? So bringing that into what you do, but even that small distinction between, and I'm not saying that you can't do videos or you shouldn't do videos, but do you know what? If you put all your pressure saying, I have to do that, that's the only way I could put myself out there. That could feel really hard work instead of going, do you know, what could still achieve an outcome of what I'm trying to make happen, but do it in a way that leans more into my personality that actually feels more like fun, and do that, focus on that and see how that helps you because you'll enjoy it more and you'll actually make it more consistent in that way as well from my experience. Definitely. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to ask you about, and I know you could probably like just talk for, for now until the end of time on this topic, but um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit. The whole imposter syndrome and um, I know we've we've talked about imposter syndrome a lot in other groups and yeah. and on other things, but do you have any kind of any advice when it comes to imposter syndrome and you know pushing it out of the way and not letting it stop you from doing the things that you need to do? Yeah, I think for me it's it's important to instead of just pushing it away first of all and going right get out of here right actually just acknowledging it for a moment can go right what you know like what are you saying to yourself because that can often help you to identify some of those stories some of those limiting beliefs or some of the the, the games that you're playing right so let me give you an example here if you are playing the imposter syndrome game and you're going oh well i'm not as good as so-and-so right if you compare yourself to their business but that's just a, a game of comparisonitis, as I call it, right? But sometimes just by being really logical about it, you might go, okay, but actually, is it fair to me or to them or to anybody for me to compare my journey to their journey? Because, you know, I'm in year one of my business and they're in year 12. Like, actually, would you compare? And this is what I mean. If you actually think about it logically, it often can make you go, don't be ridiculous. Would you compare like a, a two-year-old and a 12-year-old if they were playing the same game? You just wouldn't, would you, right? And that then allows you just to kind of go, hold on a second, I'm playing a comp comparisonitis game here. I'm feeling like an imposter because I don't think I'm as good enough of as X, Y, and Z or whoever you're comparing yourself to. It just gives you that chance to acknowledge it and to kind of go, is this actually, you know, sensible for me to do and just that that acknowledgement and bringing it to your conscious awareness Rachel can often just make you go actually it's wasted energy it's wasted time and it can allow you to just move on but doing it in a very conscious way does that make sense from that example that I've shared yeah uh, I was just going to expand on that the other way that it helps is it can help you to smoke out some what I call, you know, limiting beliefs and stories, right? So that's where if you then have this constant narrative that comes up like, oh, well, you know, I'm not good enough or it's because I've not been to university or I'm not good with money, whatever it is, I've come, all these limiting beliefs have been things that I have had experience of helping clients get over. But the reason why, if you understand and figure out, well, what are you saying to yourself? What's this, the story going through your mind? you can then go, right, how is this holding me back? Because actually, if you even just let that continue to play out, right, 
and not deal with it, that can start to sabotage you in ways that you don't even consciously are aware of because it's like, you know, do you put yourself out there? Do you shy away from opportunities? Um, do you end up, I'm sure you've seen this, people are really great. They, they put themselves out there, they get a great launch or results and then they go, oh, oh right, uh, that must have been a fluke. <laughs> they then have a story or a belief and it's like they've got a great track record, but what they end up doing is they then go, oh no, let me try and do something else, okay? Or they break what they have been doing and it's because of that belief that like, like work has to be hard, does that make sense? Or I'm just giving lots of examples of what I've heard or I have to work hard to earn money, right? I've had so many people that have that belief. So when things come to them quite easily, they end up sabotaging it because it goes against that story that's in their mind. But when you recognize it, when you actually go, what's that story? What's the belief that I've got? Again, you can question it because that then allows you to go, is that really, really, really true? And, and that can often dislodge it. Or if it still feels like there's a little bit of something there, it gives you a chance to go, well, you know, I'm going to then use different tools or coaching to help me get over that so that that then doesn't cloud, you know, or hold me back unconsciously and hold my business back. So I've got, as I say, I could talk about this for hours, right? But beliefs massively impact us. And, and when you identify it and get rid of it, it can have a big, big transformation. One example I'll share with you, I had a, a wonderful guy that I was working with a couple of years ago now. He set 90-day goals. I'm a big fan of 90-day goals. And even through the conversation that we we're having, I kind of was listening to his language and I heard him say a couple of things that made me think, I think he's got a bit of limiting beliefs around money, right? And I brought it to his attention. We were coaching, so that's why he was there with me. And I, and I brought it to his attention, and then we actually used some of the NLP techniques to, to get it and get rid of it. He then smashed his 90-day revenue goal in 30 days, and the only difference that he did was get rid of that, that belief. There was no change in strategy, no change in of, of approach in a conscious way, but the belief did have a ripple effect on what he was doing. Does that make sense? How he was showing up and what he was doing. So I'm just using that to illustrate that often it's those stories that we're telling ourselves that are actually causing us to hold ourselves back the most. Yeah, I can relate to, I can definitely <laughs> relate to that. I know I had, I had a launch last year and afterwards, you know, lots of things, lots of, I did lots of things that I probably shouldn't have done. And I made life really complicated for myself. And that thing that you just said about working hard, I totally did that. Yeah. And we worked, I worked with you in the program just yeah. not, not long after that. And yeah, all those things, you know, all those things that I told myself, I then was able to work through. So yeah. when I did it the next time, I just did what I, I knew that I should have done in the first place and didn't make life hard and yeah. didn't make life complicated. And the work hard thing is definitely something that I have. My dad was a really hard worker. And yeah. I think it's, it's, part of my work ethic but sometimes I do need to give myself a break as well totally and again we all have that and I'm, I'm saying this from experience and personally as well you know it's these stories that you just just acknowledge them going well why does it keep coming up especially recurring patterns and that's what I'd encourage your listeners to think about you know does the same thing come up again and again and if that is the case instead of just looking at it at the surface of what's happening, that's when I'd be going, but what's underneath it? What's the stories? What's the beliefs that are, are kind of impacting that behavior or kind of like shaping in some way? And that can often make you go, ah, I see what's happening here. And that could, going back to your original question, that could be, you know, 
imposter syndrome situations or comparisonitis. But those are just fancy labels for me. I'm more interested in what does that actually mean for you? What are you saying to yourself? What are those stories that are going through your mind? Because that's what's going to make the difference when we identify and then shift those. Mm-hmm. I remember going to a boot camp years ago and um, one of the trainers, It was we, they did like a mindset session and yeah. he went around the room. He said, okay, why are you here? Why do you want to, you know, why, why have you come to this boot camp? Why do you want to lose weight or why do you want to get fit or whatever it was? And then everyone answered and then he, he every time they gave an answer, he said, but why, but why, but yeah. why? And we did it like seven times or something. And then people, you know, people were crying. People really got to the bottom of the reason why they really wanted to lose weight or get fit or the, whatever the reason was for them being there. And it was things like, you know, I think with mine, it was like, you know, I don't want, my dad died of cancer a couple of years yeah. earlier. And that was kind of my real why. It was like, I want yeah. to be, I, I don't want to, you know, I've seen my dad die. It was horrendous. And I want to look after my body a bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's really it was such an interesting exercise um and yeah dig, sometimes it's really hard to dig deep and have those hard conversations with yourself isn't it but when you do do it then you have those moments where you know that can really make a change totally and that's where you know I, I like to keep things simple and Rachel you you'll notice I've banged on about it all during the program as well like I call it the rapid transformation formula it's the design mindset and strategies these are the three parts that if you really get them working for you that's when you can get consistent results and the reason why i'm sharing this is because like the example that you shared with me some people can go straight into the strategies right so if you're at that boot camp it's like i need to know the best technique to run faster does that make sense or you know what's the best diet to have those are all quite tactics and strategy focus does that make sense Mm -hmm. but actually if you were to do that, right, but you still had a mindset that you were carrying around like, a, oh, you know, I'm never going to be fit or I'm always going to be like this. It doesn't matter what tactics that you use, you'll still be actually kind of like, you know, butting your head against that belief or those mindset parts. And that makes it harder for you to achieve the result. But then also the design part, which for me is all about, well, what's actually important to you, your values, right? Every single business owner, I honest, and that's like when I work with clients, what I help them to do is uncover what actually is important to you. What's your values? Because that helps you to see what will motivate you, what will demotivate you. Because there'll be times where, you know, I'm sure if you experienced it, you'll be working, but then you start to go, I feel like a bit, I'm in a bit of a funk, right? Or I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed, or I'm just feeling a bit like, I'm not sure what's happening here. And your motivation is going up and down like a roller coaster. Well, one of the quickest ways to figure out well, what's happening here is to, if you know what your values are, at least your top six to eight values, you're able to then go, right, well, if that's how I'm feeling right now, well, think back to the last couple of days, the last week, for example, what have I been doing and what's been ticking off my values and what's not? And that's where quite quickly you can go, ah, oh, that's, that's why I'm feeling like this because actually the things that are real important to me. So for me, my top values are, you know, making a difference, trust, respect, authentic connections, seeing results. If I'm working on a project, for example, right, and I'm not seeing results happening, that can actually really demotivate me. <laughs> but as long as I have that awareness to then go, hold on, what is happening? I can go, right, what results do I need to see? Or or remembering why am I doing this? And they go, well, actually, the results are going to come after I've launched something. Um, so again, my values might be very different from yours, Rachel's, and all your listeners. But if you understand what your values are, 
your personality plus your vision and your goals, that then gives you the design part of the formula really much more solid. And then it's effectively why are you doing what you're doing, right? I see so many business owners, and again, you know, I do group coaching calls in lots of different ways that they try and solve a problem, but they're just scratching the, the itch, the, the, the surface. So that means they've got a little itch and they're trying to solve it that way. But often, like your bootcamp personal trainer said, why? Why are you doing it? Why? Why? And that then allows you to really get to the, 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 the juicy part to go, ah, oh, that's the design or that's my mindset block or that's, you know, the strategies that will help me in the best way. So, you know, and I share that with you all because I'm sure you might be sitting here listening to go, ah, oh, I'm sure now, you know, there's been examples when I've tried to fix the strategies, but actually that didn't impact my mindset or I was working really hard but I had no idea what I was trying to make happen. Like I didn't have a clear design. So I was going round and round in circles. So we need all three of these areas really rock solid from my experience. Definitely. So I was just going to ask you actually um, about what to do when you are having those kind of down days or down weeks or down, you know, you might have a really bad month. What What's your advice to kind of get over those feelings where you feel overwhelmed or tired or you just feel a bit low? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, for, again, recognizing it, acknowledging it is the first step. And then, I'll, again, I keep it practical. Using that formula that I shared with you, I'd go, right, what, what, what's happening here? And I'd explore each of those three areas. So I'd go, right, okay, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, let me look at my design, i.e. my goals. Am I clear what my goals are, right? Are my goals inspiring me or are they actually, you know, overwhelming me and sometimes it's like we actually set ourselves up for a failure because we're trying to make something happen like really quickly and we're not we don't have the rest of the strategies or the infrastructure in place right so sometimes just acknowledging the reason why I'm feeling like I'm overwhelmed is because my goals are just too big for this stage and then it gives you that chance to go well let me pare them down slightly or I'm actually feeling overwhelmed because I'm a bit bored, <laughs> you know, I've achieved my goals and I'm a bit complacent now. So we just need to kind of look at, is it a design issue that needs to be focused upon? And that includes, are my values getting ticked off? Am I actually doing things that are kind of aligned to my, my personality? And even by just tweaking your goals or remembering what your goals are or fine tuning them, that could be enough for, for, for you potentially, if that's where the root of it is, to then get re-inspired and to get your mojo back. Other times you might go, actually, no, my design's really clear. That's working well, but it's my mindset. And then I'd be exploring, well, what's your beliefs? What's the stories that you're telling yourself? What's your thinking, right? And then how do we focus upon that? Because that would be the thing, the, the under the surface parts, that if you deal with that, that will cause that ripple effect. And then vice versa it might be, well, my, my design's right, my mindset's working for me, but my strategies are like are not working, i.e. I'm not being productive, I'm not being consistent, my habits are letting me get down. So again, it gives you that chance to go, right, okay, let me focus upon that then to focus my time, my energy to improve that. Um, so you know what you're doing, you're being very intentional about it. And often it can be multiple, it could be a bit of design, bit of mindset, a bit of strategies. But the reason why I share that is I see so many people try to solve a problem, but they do it in the, the completely opposite way. Do you know what I mean? So they might go, oh, I'm not putting myself out there. Do you know, oh, they're scrolling through their Instagram. They see another course pop up and they go, I need to buy this big course because actually, you know, whatever that platform is, this will help me. 
So that's a strategy thing that they're trying to solve there. But actually, the mindset might be their biggest issue or they don't have a clarity around their design. So that course isn't really going to help them in reality because actually it's the other components that really need more work on. Does that make sense, Rachel, from your experience? Yeah, it does make sense. And again, I'm just thinking about um, when we when we did the accelerator last yep. autumn. And one of the things that came up with me was I'd had, I'd had a launch and it hadn't gone as I planned. And then we kind of unpicked what I'd done beforehand and what I'd done the launch before and how what what was different and I think I remember working out that actually what had worked really well was going and you know actually putting myself out there of all things but um going into Facebook groups and going into other people's communities and I hadn't done that in the run-up to the second launch that hadn't gone so well so I was like okay so I've identified what it is that I need what it is that works really well for me but then we also realized as well that it does sometimes take a while to if you find people people find you and they really like you it can take a while to convert and it's figuring out what does work and often we get distracted don't we by by you know tiktok or clubhouse oh my god if i had a pound for every (laughs) time someone said you need to be on clubhouse but i thought i can't do it i've got a podcast to do these other things i can't be everywhere and it's just a reminder isn't it to look at the stuff that you've done that has worked rather than looking for looking for you know something amazing that you know there's just no there's no there isn't any silver bullet is there yeah absolutely and that's why honestly it's something that I see so many people beating themselves up around okay and I know for example publicity is uh what you focus upon and and that's a kind of a big driver of what your listeners and your your community are looking for your members but also just want us to recognize you know what is the goal right so you get publicity for what what are you trying to make happen? And that's where we need to have that that drive, that that business mind on as well to go. That will then help me to, you know, be able to add value to, you know, offer this product, service, whatever it might be, okay? But the way that you get that, i.e., you can have one person that gets great publicity and you tell me this, it's your field more, right? But if they then, they might be, you know, they get featured in something, but actually, that's not necessarily still going to mean that they get their business goal achieved because they might not be great at following up. They might not be, you know, they might not actually kind of maximize that opportunity. Whereas actually somebody else could still achieve the same business goal with so many less people knowing them, right? But they've got a a bigger trust level. They've built connections, they've built community, whatever it is, or they've done joint ventures. All I'm trying to say here is that there's so many more ways than just one to kind of make things happen and when you really recognize like okay what have I done in the past or what do I think would work best for me you get to play the game that actually makes it easier for you to make decisions so that if things do come up going oh you should join this next platform or this you can go actually would that work for me no that would be more of a distraction or that's not really going to help me in that way because what's my ultimate game as well does that make sense Rachel Wayne thoughts on that no, it does, definitely. And with the publicity thing, you're right, you have to, um, and I've kind of worked this into the programme now, you do have to have the foundations in place yeah. for when you get, you know, if let's say if you, let's say you're a dog trainer in Wales and you really want to, you want to get more clients. Yeah. If you get featured in a newspaper, but you haven't got a website or you haven't got an email list or you haven't yeah. got um, a way to use that publicity to bring, to get that connection and bring people close to you and nurture them and everything, then it isn't going to work. 
And often people, particularly like with products, they think, oh gosh, if I get in the Daily Mail, yeah, yeah. it's going to be amazing. And sometimes it kit like, you know, if you've got a weight loss product, yeah. go in the Daily Mail and you are going to be like <laughs> coining it. But sometimes it, it won't lead to all of those yeah. amazing sales. It'll be prestigious, yeah. but it won't give you, it doesn't give, it's not like an overnight thing. It's about, um, you know, it's, a, it's just like one of the other many things that we have in our businesses to fight to get found, isn't it? Yeah. And it is great. It's really brilliant, particularly if you think about the backlinks and all the other things that might go with an article. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's, the cherry on the ice and on the top of yeah. the cake. It's not the whole, you know what I mean? It's it's just totally. part of the cake rather than the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. And that, again, it's just, you know, this is what I do day in and day out with, with my business owner clients as well. It's getting them to really just see what's the easiest things that they can do that fits with their personality, that, that means that they're just getting out of their way and they do it in a way that they enjoy. It fits with their, their, their why they got into business in the first place. And therefore, it stops them from, you know, having as much comparisonitis, like, oh, I'm not doing it right. They're doing it that way. You know, often I love it when people say to me now, you know, oh, are you on Clubhouse? I'm like, no. And then look at me, I'm like, I'm, and I'm totally happy I'm not on Clubhouse because it doesn't fit with my strategy. I know what I'm doing. I'm focusing upon that. And that's great in that sense. So, but each to their own. But for somehow, for some people, Clubhouse might be great or TikTok might be great for some people, but Instagram might be better actually sometimes just picking up the phone and having great conversations with a smaller group of people depending on your personality could be the best thing that you actually do for your business do you mean no much so it's not always a numbers game from my perspective Mm -hmm. no i do agree with that as well um and yeah i found i found working in smaller groups is something that i really enjoy too yeah. I'm just going to let Patch out. No worries. <laughs> <on a> <laughs> um, so, yes. So I do think working... There we go. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, I do think we've got to find what works for us, haven't we? Um, and, and yeah, and not be distracted by people telling us what we should be doing all the time. Um, and I hope you don't... I hope people listening don't think I'm doing that. I'm telling people what they should be doing with the podcast. But, you know, my podcast is just a means to help you understand how to get publicity and obviously Osman and I are chatting today because it's a topic related to people stopping getting publicity. The other thing I wanted to ask you about um, very briefly, because I know I'm conscious of time and I know we've covered so much, but this was something that came up for me a couple of years ago. And when I did the post asking about what people would like to know about around your topics, somebody said like pretty much the same thing. You know, if you're in your business and you know you've got a really big thing that you want to get out there and you know it's going to really help, you know it's really going to make a difference, but for some reason there is something stopping you in your tracks. Now I had this with um, I had this with my publicity course when I launched yeah. it the second time around, and I felt like, you know when you watch like, not that I watch horse racing, but you know if you watch like the horse racing and you've got the, you've got the horses and they're in, they're yeah. in, the, in, the, in the pens, aren't they, before they let them out? I yeah. felt like, I felt like the, the door to the pen was shut and I couldn't get out, I couldn't like get off, I couldn't get onto the tracks. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. That's what somebody else said, a really similar thing. So what do you feel, um, you know, when it comes to us stopping ourselves from doing things and kind of self-sabotaging, um, again, we, we've talked about the people who are helping and that yeah. inspire you, can't it? But what would, you, what would your advice be when we kind of put the brakes on ourselves? Yeah. I think for me, again, it goes back to being curious around it when you actually kind of go hold on a second right I it feels like there's something 
stuck in me or I feel stuck in some kind of way. Um, and then getting, you know, just asking yourself questions, going like, what's happening? Noticing how you're feeling. Do you know what I mean? Typically, um, it could be a lot of negative emotions in there. Is it because, and, and again, it depends. And I know it's a, a kind of a bit of a cop-out answer here, right? But when I've seen that happen before is somebody's moving forward, but like they've got all the things lined up, right? They're they're there, you know, the website's done, the launch plan's done, the product's done, etc. And then when it comes to actually getting over the line, they've still got baggage from like a past launch that didn't go well. Do you know I mean, or something that somebody said, like, oh, this is never gonna work. And it's that's a niggle thing to go, but oh actually, so sometimes it could be the fear, the sorry, the fear of failure. But then on the flip side, the amount of clients I worked with over the years that actually it's more of the fear of success. Like, you know, if I, if I really do this, what will that mean, right? What will that, what's the knock-on effect of that? Will I be able to deliver that? What does that mean in terms of some of my other commitment, right? So we, we're, we're, we're interesting people, humans, okay? Sometimes we can have that fear of success, but sometimes we can have that fear of failure, or it could be down to, you know, blocks that they're not staring us in our face, Rachel, often. But that's why I say it's about getting curious just to go, what, what, what is here? And most of the time we know what it is. We just need to kind of bring it to the surface and then go, what am I going to do about it as well? So I don't know if that answers your question completely because it really does depend. But once you recognize it, I think it is just a case of just really exploding and, and figuring out, well, where am I getting in my way? Do you know I mean? Or mm -hmm. what do I need to do to move that, uh, to, to move those, those, those blocks and to get out of my way then? It's really interesting what you just said about fear of failure and fear of success because actually sometimes what you think could so I feel like when you were talking about like actually when we think when we're when we have that fear of failure it could actually be fear of success because yeah. we don't know if we're going to be able to cope or yeah. we don't know if the, the tech's going to work or, or you know these things that might happen but actually if you do kind of dig deep into it and and I guess what you were saying before about um about the stories that we tell ourselves, if we have got a fear of failure, where is that coming from? And, and yeah. how can we justify that fear of failure? And if we can't justify it, then that can that can help help us get out of our get out yeah. of our way, really, can't it? Absolutely. And I think, and that's what I mean. There's obviously lots of different tools to, to that you can explore. That's why I particularly love kind of the toolkit from NLP, neuro linguistic programming, and that's weaved into all my programs in one to one coaching because it actually it's not just about going hey, how do we, you know, we see something on the surface that actually is a way that we can help reprogram our mind really quickly at the unconscious level. But the reason why I say this, and I'm sharing that is because it gives you, first of all, knowledge is power. One of the superheroes talks about that. <laughs> and that way, I can't remember which one. But even when you recognize, if you go, what's happening here and asking yourself some of those questions it makes you go hold on a second there's nothing stopping me here apart from me and then you can go but why am i stopping myself and just dig in and anytime you go i don't know i know you don't know but if you did know what would you say and just see what comes up and you really it will not talk take you long for you to really kind of go ah it's because of this i mean you know and then we get to go right what why are you blocked? And as I say, it's very different for different people. And I'm conscious that I am overgeneralizing it slightly here. But when you know what it is, that's where you can then go, ah, great, I can do something about it. And that's where the real magic happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, 
I think that's a really good way, <laughs> a really good point for us to end on. Um, and we've covered, I think we've covered everything that everything that people in the group asked me to to look at. Um, I know we've kind of so many things link into each other when it comes to imposter syndrome, limiting yeah. beliefs. And I really want to stress as well, like some of the things obviously that we talked about that people will see them as a negative thing. So imposter syndrome, obviously it's not great. Limiting beliefs aren't great. You know, having low self-worth isn't great. But what I want the takeaway to be is that these are these are simple things that you can do to overcome those feelings. And that is obviously a positive thing, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so the other thing I was going to say as well is that, as you know, I, you know, I've shared your podcast in, in my group and on my emails many, yeah. many times. Um, but whatever, whatever if people are listening, whatever kind of limiting belief or whatever issue we've talked about here, like Osman will have a podcast on it. So Osman, do you want to tell us a little bit more about where people can find you and the kind of things that you cover? Yeah, absolutely. So if you're obviously listening to this on a podcast and you love podcasting, I do a weekly episode on the Get Out Your Way podcast. And there's lots of episodes that cover all the different elements that we've talked about in, in more detail and different examples and stories. So definitely check that out. Um, and also, you heard me talk about the design mindset strategies formula that I use. If you're curious to go, hmm, in my business, what is currently strong? What needs a bit of work? I've got a free quiz on my website, which can often be really kind of insightful to go, how strong is my mindset or my design? You know, I think I'm clear, but am I really clear or my strategy? So I'd invite, if anybody's interested, you can do that free quiz over at rapidtransformation.co.uk and you'll see right at the top, it's an op opportunity for you to do the quiz and then you get a personalised um, result after it as well. And... Mm -hmm. um I've done the quiz as well. And basically, if you think if the idea of like design mindset strategy feels a little bit overwhelming, when you do the quiz, you do get a series of um, information about how yeah. all the different things work. So if you're thinking this sounds a little bit like, oh, my gosh, um, don't worry, because it will all make sense. Um, so so thank you. And then if people want if people are listening and they want to work with you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I basically help people to get out their way. There's many ways that I do that. Um, currently, I'm focusing on working with clients on a nine to day basis to really be in your corner through one to one coaching, plus um, also my get out your way course to kind of really help to get the foundations and move that forward. And a few times a year, I also do a 90 day group accelerator as well, which Rachel was part of. Um, so it's again, how do we help get out your way? So it's kind of a combination of having me in your corner on a one-to-one -one basis, getting really clear about what you're trying to make happen. And I've basically taken all my experience, all the tools that I use with my clients on a daily basis, and I've created that into my flagship training course. So but it's not just a training course that you just do it yourself because I really want to be there to help you to get the insight. So whether that's on a one-to-one -one basis or in a small group accelerator, that's the main ways to work with me. Fabulous. Okay, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been um, wonderful chatting to you. <laughs> Sorry wonder. for taking up so much time. No worries. So much wisdom to share. Um, so yeah, that. thanks very much for joining me. Thanks everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.